This is a place where you belong. This is a place where we know this is, here's our heart. The reason why we call this church Encounter Church, God gave us that name, is because you can go to church. Church isn't just a building. You can go anywhere. There's plenty of great churches out here. But there's something that happens when you encounter God. And it's written all through the Bible that, that there's these encounters. And so our number one purpose, our number one heart's desire is for you to know God. How do you do that? Through a relationship with Jesus. And you're going to see all throughout the Bible and all throughout your life that God has steps designed just for you. And so one of the things that we believe is that, yes, we know God, but then find freedom. We want you to find freedom in your life. Because there's areas in all of our lives that, that we're bound in some area, and God wants us free, right? Once you're free, then you can truly live a life that God's desired for you. And when you're free from things, it kind of kind of clears the lens of your life. And when the life of your lens is, is, is clear, then you can discover your purpose. And so this is what God shows us all through the Word, shows us in the book of Exodus and all throughout the Bible, that we know God, find freedom, discover purpose. Why? Well, life's not just about watching football or shopping or social media or getting a paycheck and then maybe getting a house or you know, growing a family. That's not what life's about. Life that God puts you here for, God does something that we don't really understand sometimes or we just kind of let it pass over. We think that we're just here because our parents, you know, they, they had the sparkle in their eyes and then here we are. And, and that, that's, not, that's not it. There's no mistakes in God. There's no surprises in God. God did something for you. He put you here on this earth for a purpose. And that purpose is so that you can make a difference. Because life isn't just about us. It's about us impacting this world for his kingdom. Amen. So we're going to jump into some things today, and I'm really excited about it um, because I've been kind of going through some things this week, just praying about stuff, praying uh, for people here, praying for this church, praying for all these things, and the scripture just jumped out at me, and it's a very uh, well-known scripture, but it has a different light on it today. So get ready to take a lot of notes. You guys ready for some notes? <laughs> here, here's why I like to take notes is because if you hear something, uh, you're going to forget it after you leave here. You're only going to retain about 30%. This is what scientists say. This is what classroom settings, even in college classes, they say if you just come in and you listen to something, unless it's Captain Marvel, nobody got an amen. I got one back there because I know. <laughs> it came out this weekend. <laughs> They're like, and I'm going to show you something. You hear something and you forget it. You only retain 30% of it. But if you hear something and write it down, you're going to get about 60 to 70% of it. Uh, now, if you get it, write it down, and then go over it again, you retain 95% of what you've listened to, written down, and looked at again. Do you, do you know why uh, you get so excited about Captain Marvel or Thor or whatever movie it is that you like to watch? It's because you're seeing something, you're hearing something, and then you leave the theater and you go and talk about it with someone else. Man, can you believe that that happened? And Oh, I never expected this to go on. And oh, Wasn't that cool at the end of the credits when they did this whole thing? And you're like, yeah, yeah. And then what you're doing is you're reminding each other of what you just heard, what you just saw, and it's implanting or ingraining something inside of you. 
And and so that's why I want you to take some notes here because God got something specific for you today. So the first, we're going to go through a lot of scripture. I'm going to teach a little bit today. Is it all right if I teach today? So so Luke chapter 4, I want you to look at this scripture. It's a very familiar scripture. And as you're turning there, I'm going to read you another scripture, okay? And this is what the, the Holy Spirit was speaking to me this morning. Isaiah 55, as you're pulling, you know, you can just listen to this one, and you can write it down for yourself. Isaiah 55, and we're going to read this out of verse 8. He goes, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, or your ways are my ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And he goes on, he talks about the rain coming down, and and he goes, his word is not going to return to him void. When you get a word from God, what you're about to receive, it will not return unto God void. And so if it's not going to return unto him void, where's the disconnect? It's in our hearts. So we have to take his word and receive it with life, and then we give it back up to God, and it returns to him, and it accomplishes that which he said it will do. And it goes on down there, and it says um, in verse 13, Instead of the thorn will come the cypress tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And so shall it be the Lord for a name, an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. So what that means to me is this. God gave us a word. Now, you're going to experience maybe some thorns in your life. You're going to experience some things that are going to try to work at you. But God says, I'm going to turn that which has been working against you or, or bugging at you or, or giving you some opposition. I'm going to turn it into something that you can rejoice about. Amen. So keep that word. And, and here we go right into Luke chapter 4, verse 18. And he says this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is Jesus talking, mind you. He's fulfilling or speaking of Isaiah 61. He had been spending some time in the Word, and he found himself in this scripture, and he goes on and he says, the Spirit of God, the breath of God, the life of God, the, the one who created everything around us is on me. Why? Because he anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. See, Jesus' ministry is one of proclaiming good news. He doesn't have bad news for you. He doesn't have things to tell you that you're never going to make it and, and it's just going to be tough. He's saying, I've got good news for you. What is good news to a poor person? You don't have to be poor anymore, right? It's pretty simple. Next verse says this. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free. And he goes on to say later on, you have to pull up to the next verse, but it says he, he rolled up the scroll, set it down, went and sat down himself, and all eyes were upon him. And he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears. And so I'm here to tell you today that this scripture is fulfilled in yours. The spirit of God is upon you. He's anointed you. You have Jesus on the inside of you. You've got the anointing on the inside of you. You've got the opportunity for good news. You have the opportunity to be set free. You have the opportunity to no longer be blind in areas. Amen? 
So another verse uh, that I want to talk about Jesus and, and you know doing something particular. It was after he had already gone and he was uh, resurrected and he was you know in heaven sitting at the right hand of the Father. Acts ten verse thirty eight. If you're writing your notes down, put down Acts ten verse thirty eight, and it says this. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power. Of the devil because God was with him. So Jesus had a ministry on this earth. And we think, well, what was his ministry? He went around and he healed people. Yes. He went around and he started you know, declaring something. Yes. What did he declare? Good news to the poor. Recovery of sight to the blind. Heal the brokenhearted. But Jesus literally had a deliverance ministry. Not one that you're like, okay, we're going to get the oil out, and we're going to get the snakes, and we're going to and we're going to cast demons out, and there's going to be a vomit bucket. No, nothing like that, nothing crazy. But <laughs> what he did is he brought freedom to everyone that was oppressed by the devil, anyone that was under the power of the devil. He came to bring freedom. Amen. And so. There's some things that we need to get delivered from. Everybody has something in your life that you need deliverance from. You think, no, I'm free. I don't have to deal with anything. Everything's good. Well, you might have some anger issues. You might have some self-control. You might have some food issues. There's always an area in your life that God wants to deliver you from. Amen? So one of the things that as I was preparing over this, the Lord gave me a, another scripture, and I was like, oh, that's, that's good, God. Thank you. Help me to say that in the right way. And, and it's in Joel 2. Joel 2, if you'll uh, put this scripture down for this is stuff that I want you to be able to, to read again over and over and over this week. Joel 2. Joel 2 says this. If you read, now we're going to hold that verse right there. In verse 12, if you're taking notes, he says, return to me. And I'm going to return back to you. There's some areas in our life that maybe we've gotten away from God. Or maybe we've kind of just, you know, fallen back and, you know, said, oh, well, I don't really know. I'm not sure. God's saying, I want, I want to draw back. I want you to come back to me. I'm going to come back to you. And he goes on. He says, and if you pull that verse back up, he says, I'm going to give you back what you've lost. God's in the restoration business. Amen. So well, you may have gotten away from the things, but God's saying to you, this is what he's saying to me. You can take it for whatever he says to you, but he's telling me, spend some time with me in prayer and fasting. Jesus says, when you fast. So spend some time. It might be fasting social media. It might be fasting, I don't know, TV. It could be fasting thoughts. You might have whatever it is that God's telling you to do. If you will set aside that time with him, then he's going to start revealing things to you. And so he says, I'm going to bring back all that you've lost. And so I believe that this year can be a year of restoration of everything the devil's stolen from you. It's up to you. It's up to you. For me, I'm getting it all back. Amen. Do you guys want to get some stuff back? I'm getting it all back. Amen. There's some of you in here, I can tell by your responses, you need to get your fire back. Okay, that you need to get some things stirred back up on the inside of you. There's something that you need to get stirred back up. And see, the thing is, is when you come here, well, let's see what he's going to say today. You've already lost half the battle. You've got to come in with an expectation. Get your fire back because it's not that it happens. This is a start. Sunday morning is the start of your week. 
not the end of it. It's the start. So we're starting it off right, giving it to God. Then you get to continue on with this every day and just let it build and build and build what God's put inside you. Amen? So why am I talking about this? Well, God's given us a promise. We've got some things. Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. He's anointed me. Well, how come I don't feel very anointed right now? Well, uh, you're kind of stuck in the middle. That's actually the title of my message, if you were going to title it, Stuck in the Middle. We know that God has a promise for us. We're kind of not there yet, but we're not as bad as we used to be. We're getting a little bit better, but we're not where we want to be. He said, you're stuck in the middle. And so we're going to get out of the middle today. Amen? So a lot of times what we've done is we've dumbed down Christianity. What we've done is we've taken our reality and made it a form of our theology. Saying, well, you know, the word says this about my life, but I'm not experiencing that in my life. So this is what my reality is, must be what God has for me. And that's not the case at all. What we need to be doing is taking this Bible and making this Bible our reality in our life. Amen. When we make this Bible a reality in our life, things will change. I listened to this one minister a while back. Actually, it was a book that I was reading. And this minister was walking uh, out near their property one day, and they saw these four little ducks, you know, because the, the mallards are coming back right now, and there's, you know, things going on. So it, it sees, she saw these four mallards just kind of like splashing in this puddle of mud. And as they were in this puddle of mud, they were just cleaning and having a good old time. And she looks at them, and she's like, these mallards don't realize what they're doing because just over this little hill was a huge, pristine pond. Super clear, super big, doesn't, wasn't muddy at all. But these mallards were very content waddling around and cleaning themselves in this puddle of mud. And I think that's sometimes what we've allowed in our lives. We get so caught up with what's going on around us and then, well, I guess it's just going to be this way. I've got some peace in my life. I don't have all the peace I want, but I've got some peace. And so I'm just going to, you know, settle in for where I am right now versus what God has for me. God's saying, don't settle. Don't wallow around in this little puddle of mud over here when I've got this big, huge, pristine pond for you. Amen? You see, we get so moved by what we see, and we start walking by our sight instead of walking by faith. The Word of God, it tells us that we need to walk by faith, right, and not by sight, so we need to be walking by not what we feel, not what we see, but what the Word of God says on the inside of us. When we do that, we're not going to settle anymore. Like, we're the blood-bought church. Jesus paid a price of his life. He shed his blood so we wouldn't have to waddle around in some puddle of mud anymore. I'm getting a little excited about it because I'm seeing things like I haven't seen them in a while. It's time for our eyes to be open. So how, how do we break free from these things? How do we uh, uh, get these things off? So for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be having this thing called Breaking Free. This is our series for the next couple of weeks, Breaking Free. And, and so how do we break free? Well, I'm going to give you the basis of this um, series, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says it like this. 
says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight, they're not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, the weapons that we have have the divine power to demolish strongholds. Let me say that again. They have the power, divine power, to demolish strongholds. So we're going to be talking about some strongholds today. This is how we get out of being stuck in the middle. And it goes on in the next verse of this, verse 5, it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension. See, there's things that we put little pretenses to and we allow arguments. But we demolish those arguments or pretenses that set themselves up against the way we feel. No. Do we, do we demolish these arguments and pretensions that, that get set up against what we see? No. We demolish arguments and every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of the Word of God. And then we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I like what one minister said. He goes, we smack it down. He said, smack it down. He goes, you take that thought and you smack it on down. So when those thoughts come in that are opposite of what the word of God says, what are we supposed to do? Say it with me. Smack it down. You know, here's a cool thing about me that you may not know uh, for some of you. First of all, the more you respond, the quicker I preach and we get out of here a lot sooner. It's really cool. <laughs> just kidding. Might stay longer. No, just kidding. Just kidding. So, so we're going to talk about some strongholds. There's some strongholds in your life, in my life, that we need some deliverance from. So what's a stronghold? What, what is a stronghold? And we think sometimes a stronghold is like, oh, I'm bound up in an area and I can't stop doing it. Well, I'm going to give you a, a biblical definition of what a stronghold is. Do you guys want to hear it? So if you're writing it down, write down stronghold. And here's what I'm going to tell you what a stronghold is. A stronghold is this, a prisoner Locked by deception. They're deceived. See, we think that it's handcuffs. I can't get out of them because somebody put them on me. No, you're deceived. It's a prisoner who is locked by deception. Here's a great example. Um, the circus was here, I think, a week ago. Was it a week ago? Circus was here about a week ago. Um, I have a little uh, sad child story that I never really got to go to the circus because I went to the circus, and I was not being a good child, and my mom pulled me out of the circus before it even started. And so I've been emotionally scarred ever since then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. <laughs> yeah. i got to go to the circus and get breakthrough. <sighs> just kidding. Totally kidding. But I, I noticed something about, and, you know, Dumbo's coming out. And you see those big elephants. You've seen those elephants that are out there. And, and you see them in... When you first see them, they have this big shackle on their leg and a chain when they're first getting trained by their trainers. And the reason why they have that shackle and the chain, there's a big stake driven in the ground, is because it doesn't give them enough room to really get into momentum because that elephant is so large, if it had enough momentum, it could snap or pull the stake up out of the ground. And so it, it can't snap it, it can't pull it up out of the ground. But as time goes on, the trainer takes that shackle of chain off, leaves the band on, but puts a rope on that elephant. And then you walk by and you see, why is that elephant just sitting there with this tiny rope that it could take half its energy and just and snap it free? Well, this elephant is prisoner 
that is locked by a deception. It, that elephant does not think that it can get out of this shackle that's on its foot. When actually, in all reality, it could totally just snap right out of it. You see, the elephant had been deceived. And it made me think of this other story back in 2002. This, this person, this young girl, was uh, kidnapped. And as she was kidnapped, this guy thought he was God and he was, you know, doing all these crazy things. And he got her so beaten down, so deceived, that they went out into public. And there was a, a, a search for this young girl. And she was about 14. And he had her face covered up like, you know, they do in some religions. Her face was completely covered. And they went up to the man. They asked him, hey, have you seen this girl? We're looking for her. Standing literally three feet from this girl. And she could have said, it's me. Help me, please. But she was so deceived in her mind that she thought that he could kill her and everyone in that library at that very moment. Because, and the guy didn't even have a weapon on him. He had no gun, no knife, no nothing. But she was so deceived in her mind that she thought, oh my gosh, there's no way I can get out of this. And see, we've been deceived long enough. Amen? So another part for this definition is, you know, uh, for a stronghold is this. Anything that exalts itself in our minds, pretending. Everybody say pretending pretending to be bigger or more powerful than God. That's what a stronghold is. It's deceived someone into thinking they're in prison, and it has been exalting itself in your mind, pretending to be bigger or more powerful than God. We're going to expose this thing today. Amen? We're not going to be bound anymore because here's the thing. There's a stronghold in your life. And what this stronghold, it could be anything. But see, God has a truth about your life that you haven't believed or experienced yet because of a stronghold. There's truths in your life. Have you, have you experienced all that God has for your life? No, not yet. There's a truth that God has for you in your life, and you haven't experienced yet because of a stronghold. It doesn't have to be like a horrible sin or anything like that, but it's something that's limiting you or keeping you from receiving that all God has for your life. See, a lot of times what we've, we've been taught or trained into is that it has to be something evil, has to be something perverse, has to be something that's tormenting. No, it is those things, but it also is something that's keeping you from fulfilling all that God has for your life. Amen? So this is our year of freedom. Three of you guys are going to be free. This is our year of freedom. God's got something for you. And if you'll stay with me over the next couple of weeks, you don't want to miss one of these weeks. Every one of them is going to build upon the next week. But you don't want to miss these weeks because you're going to see some areas in your life that are going to blow your mind in a good way. Like, oh, my gosh, I never realized that I was bound to that. Now I'm free. So we're not going to be lied to anymore. We're not going to listen to the lie. We're not going to believe the lie that the devil has for us anymore. Amen? Say, I'm not going to believe the lie. So now that we know what a stronghold is, we're not going to believe the lie, we need to look at some things. What are some indicators? What are some symptoms of being in a stronghold? Don't, don't you guys want to know? Because, like, you know, when you go to the doctor, uh, you know, whether it be for an injury or a sickness, they ask you a list of questions. So uh, what are you feeling? Well, i got this pain in my ear. Where does it hurt? 
everywhere in my ear. And so what have you been eating? How have you been sleeping? They ask you a list of questions because they want to find the symptoms or the indicator so they can get to the root cause. So we're going to get to the root cause of it, okay? So one of the things that's an indicator that you have a stronghold in your life is this. It will steal your focus. Write this down. If you can't stay focused, it's not because you're bored. It's because there's something that's trying to get you to focus more on the problems. And when you start to focus on the promise, something happens and it gets you sidetracked. Or you think about, oh, oh, I got to do this for Facebook. Or, or oh, I got to go to this. And then you're, you're trying to listen. You're trying to pay attention. And then something steals your focus. You've got a stronghold in your life. Because the enemy does not want you to focus on the promise that God has for your life. So it'll steal your focus. Another one is it'll cause you, this is an indicator or a symptom that a stronghold's in your life. It'll cause you to feel controlled. You'll say stuff like, man, I, just, I keep trying and I, I keep trying and, and no matter how hard I try, I can't seem to stop. I can't seem to get out of this. I can't seem, I keep repeating this pattern over and over. That's a form of control. That's a stronghold in your life. Another one, this is a really good one. This is a great indicator knowing that you have a stronghold in your life. It will consume our emotional energy. All you want to do is sleep and eat Cheetos. Right? Watch Netflix all day. Curl up in a ball. You'll get feelings of hopelessness and depression. You'll be emotionally drained. You just don't want to do anything. That's a form of a stronghold in your life. But there's one that I really want to camp on a little more than the others. Because this is one of the areas I think the devil, the devil is hidden in a pocket. And it's to just distract us from our purpose in life. You see, the devil knows if he can keep a stronghold hidden in your life, that he can keep you in chains. But see, I know that the devil cannot keep you from going to heaven. Did you know that? There's nothing he can do that can keep you from going to heaven. That's your choice. So the devil can't stop you from going to heaven. So what is he going to do? He's going to try to keep you from bringing anyone with you. That was a great time to say amen, by the way. See, it's th this, this life that we're living of, of Christianity is not about us four no more. Just bless me, nobody else. That's not what it's about. See, the devil, he'll get you so focused. Here's how you know there's a stronghold in your life. Every time you come in here, all you can think about is you. You, 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 you. I need me, me, me. What about me and me? And I don't know, this isn't really talking to me. And oh, I don't know about me. And I'm just bored. And me, me. It's I, me, I, me, 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 me. The devil knows that if he can get you focused on that, he'll steal the purpose from your life. That's a good time to say amen. Because if he can take you from your purpose, he'll keep you from doing anything that matters in your life. He'll keep you from reaching somebody else. Did you know that the reason you're here today is because someone else impacted your life for the kingdom? You didn't just like wake up and go, you know what, I'm going to get saved today. I'm gonna, I, I need God in my life. No, there's been somebody in your life that has impacted you in such a way that you wanted to come to know God. And so the enemy, he knows that, and he's going to do whatever he can. Oh, I'm just going to get them so focused on themselves that when they pray, all they do is pray about themselves. 
God bless me. God take care of my finances. God bless this. No, if, he, if you do that, then that's all you're ever going to impact is yourself. God's saying, I want you to look outside of the problem and look at the promise. In fact, the, the, when we started off this year with the 21 days of prayer and fasting, the scripture that God gave us is in Isaiah says, this is the fast that I've chosen. And it's to break the chains of bondage on the other people. For other people that are oppressed so that they can be set free. That's the fast that God chose. I exist on this earth. You exist on this earth to help set people free. You ever heard this statement before, hurt people hurt people? I hate that statement. It's true, but I hate it because, you know, you get hurt and your mom or somebody you're talking to, well, you know, hurt people hurt people, right? Well, I've got something better for you. Free people, free people, right? When you're free, you can see the bondage on somebody else. You're like, man, you don't have to be that way anymore. Let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus will set you free. Amen? So here, here's another one. This is going to be our last one of the indicator. It will rob us of abundant life. How you know if you have a stronghold in your life is it will rob you of an abundant life. You're like, well, abundant life? What are you talking about, Pastor Paul? I'm just in survival mode. I'm just trying to make it through this semester. Like, well, some of y'all just made it through the semester. Congratulations, by the way, to some of you guys. Amazing. God. Yeah, you made it through. Made it with some B's and some good grades. That's amazing. But see, we just want to make it through the life. You know, I, just, I don't know. I just want to get by. That's a stronghold. It's robbing you from an abundant life. Jesus said, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you have life and have it more abundantly. So if you're not experiencing abundant life, there's an area in your life that there's a stronghold. You know, we think, well, I just want to get a little breathing room. Or when I, get, when I get done with school, then I'll be able to serve God with all my heart. No, you won't. Something else will come up. It's kind of like tithing. People are like, well, you know, I, I, I give, but, you know, I, I, I kind of tithe. I give like 6%. That's not tithing, by the way. Tithing is 10 and it's the first 10% that, that God gives you. That's not even really tithing. That's not even trying. It's just like tipping God. And you think, well, when I make more money, when I get my degree and make more money, then I'll start tithing. No, you won't. You'll make more money. And then you'll say, well, I'm making too much money. I don't want to tithe now. So it's just a heart issue. But that's a stronghold in your life because God doesn't want to keep things from you. He wants things for you. And he wants you to have an abundant life. So we're not going to wait, are we? We're going to get free now, aren't we? Here's a scripture for you. Write this down. 2 Timothy chapter 2, 26. It says, and that they will come to their senses. Say, I'm coming to my senses. It says they'll come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. See, the enemy, I'm never going to focus on the enemy, but he's entrapped you. He's blinded your eyes. It's now time for our eyes to be opened and to be free for some things. We're not going to be captive to his will, are we? So we're going to overcome some strongholds this morning, right? 
Here's something real easy about strongholds. They're easy. Jesus already defeated it for you. You don't have to strive and toil and work super hard. There's an anointing, which the anointing means this, burden removing, yoke destroying power of God for your life. There's an anointing for you to be free today. Say, I'm anointed. So this is the, the scripture that I'm going to read for you on how to get this stronghold out of our life. But here's the scripture that Jesus himself was talking about. In Luke chapter 11, I'm going to read this as a message translation. Luke chapter 11 says it like this. It says, when a strong man, armed to the teeth, stands guard in his front yard, his property is safe and sound, right? I mean, we have locks on our doors. Uh, we have alarm systems. We have all these things. But what if, what if, isn't that what the enemy does a lot? Hey, what if, what if you don't make it? What if you fail? What if everything just shuts down? What if you don't receive your healing? What if you never make it? What if you never uh, have those dreams fulfilled in your life? The devil loves to use what if, Right? But I love what Jesus says here. He goes, but what if a stronger man comes along with superior weapons? Did you know that there's nobody greater than Jesus? I said, that, oh, man, this is. There's nobody greater than Jesus. Amen. I'm not, I am trying to get you to shout. And you know why I'm trying to get you to shout? I don't need to feel better about it. I got this. This is in me. There's something that happens when you respond. There's something when you say something. It wakens something on the inside of you. It says that how you become born again is by you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That means you say something. Amen? So we're saying some things. So he says, what if a stronger man comes with superior weapons? Next part of the verse. Then he's beaten at his own game. The devil's been beaten at his own game. Amen? The devil's beaten at his own game, and the arsenal that gave you such confidence is now hauled off, and his precious, his precious possessions are plundered. That's a tongue twister right there. Might take me a couple kinds to get that right. And his precious possessions are plundered. See, the enemy's had you bound. He's had strongholds in your life, but a stronger man named Jesus showed up. Amen. If Jesus, if he's Lord of your life, he has hauled off all the confidence that the devil had. He got better weapons, and he has got precious possessions that he's plundered that the enemy set against you. Amen. So we're going to do some things. We're going to take our thought life back. Amen. That's the number one thing on how you overcome a stronghold. Say, I'm taking my thought life back. Romans chapter 8, it's another scripture for you to write down, verses 5 and 6. It says it like this. We're going to take our thought life back. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. If you're dominated by what the world is, if you're constantly Thinking about sinful things, but it says, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. See, we're talking about thinking. We're taking our thought life back. Remember the other scripture we read is like we smack it down, right? We take those things captive. 
He goes, but if you're dominated by your sinful nature, you think about sinful things all the time. But if you're controlled, see, you know, people don't like to hear that. Controlled by the Holy Spirit, what? It's like, I am a robot. I love God. It's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is every thought that comes in you is led and guided by the Holy Spirit. He goes, when your thoughts are consumed by the Holy Spirit that pleased him, it's going to change. Next verse, it says this. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there's death. But if, if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there's life and peace. There's a good indicator how you can get free right there. Take control of your thoughts. Let the Holy Spirit, through the Word of God, bring life and peace into every situation. Amen? You may think, you know, well, I'm pretty good. I don't have all these sinful thoughts, and I'm good. 90% of your life is good. 90%, maybe even 95, maybe even 99. Who knows? But there's that one, you know, the 5%, the 1%, whatever it may be, that there's that, that area, like, good, everything's going good, and then you see that commercial, and you're like, ooh, oh, man. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, if it, that's for you, or uh, social media, and you're, you're sliding through that, or, or like, Mm, and you think about that food, and you've been trying to lose this weight. The Lord's been talking to you about doing that, and you're like, mm, that, I don't know. And, and so it's something that starts to take your focus and pull you down the wrong path. What he's saying is take control of the how you think, because where it all starts is right here. Don't allow your eyes to see things, because if you see things, then you start thinking things, right? Okay? So I want to read to you what the mirror translation says of this verse. It's really cool. Mirror translation says this. It says, take every lofty idea and argument. This is our, our, our foundational verse here. Take every lofty idea and argument that's positioned against the knowledge of God. Cast it down and expose it to be a mere invention of our own imagination. See, a lot of times we make it up in our head. We're like, oh, man, I mean this and that. And it's, it's nothing more than an invention of our own imagination. It says arrest every thought that we could possibly trigger that would oppose or threat our redeemed identity. That's it. Smack it down. That's right. Smack that thing down. I love it. That's right. Smack it down. Your identity is in Christ. And so if anything comes against your identity in Christ, what are we supposed to do? Smack down. Smack that thing down. And so the only way that we can ever change our life is by changing the way we think. So I'll never change my life until I change the way I think. If you're taking notes, write that down. I'll never change my life until I change the way I think. So the second way that we, we know to take control of our thought life, and the second way we can we can be free from these strongholds, how we can break free from that, is by identifying the lie. Write that down. Identify the lie. You want to come back next week because I'm going to really unpack that next week about how we can identify the lie. And there's so many lies that we believed. And so whatever that, that lie is, we're going to expose it. John 8 uh, verse 44 says it like this. If you could pull that up for me. It says, when he, the devil, lies... He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Another translation says that there is no truth in him. 
So when these lies are coming to you and they're starting to, to work at you, there is no truth in that at all. You know it's coming from the devil. And so what do you have to do? Expose those lies. Well, how do we expose them? We start to speak what the word of God says against what the opposition would say. Amen? And so when we expose this lie, we defeat the liar. You see, if we, if we like to hide the lie, if we like to hide those things that are working on us, then it's, we, we continue to, to have defeat in our life. But when those, those things that are coming at us start working at us, we're like, nope, I'm not going to have that. I'm going to expose that right now. And as you expose that, you defeat the liar. If you want to beat the enemy at his own game, let him try to come at you and start lying to you. Start exposing and say, nope, that's a lie. That's a lie. In fact, let's just say, that's a lie. See, because the devil starts telling you stuff. They're like, oh, you're not going to do this, and oh, you're that, and this is so this and that. And you say, nope, that's a lie. You need to expose the lie. And we're going to jump into some more of that next week. But for uh, sake of time and to get into my, the next things that I, I want to say, we're going to jump into number three. Number three on how to get free of strongholds is this. Replace the lie with God's truth. We got to put new thinking in our mind. Amen? See, there's nothing that's too difficult for my God. In fact, I made a song about that. Some old doom pop, doom pop, country song kind of thing. There's nothing too big for my God. There's nothing too big for God. Amen? No, 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 no. <laughs> Nothing's too big. Not going to be defeated, not going to be depressed because there's nothing too big for God and I'm in his rest. That's how the song goes. You know, I was looking up what nothing uh, means in the Hebrew and the Greek and it was really profound. It's really pretty deep. I was amazed at it. You know what it means? Nothing. It literally means nothing. Nothing means nothing. You could translate it. It means absolutely nothing. But you may go, well, you don't understand what my dad did to me. You don't understand what I've been through all my life. Nothing is too big for God. Doesn't matter what addiction, doesn't matter what's happened to you, doesn't matter what relationship, doesn't matter about your finances, doesn't matter. Nothing is too big for God. We've got to believe this with all of our hearts. Amen? And so now that we know that nothing's too big for God, now that we know that there's things that, that we have an opportunity for freedom in our life, well, how do we do that? I'm glad you asked. I'm so glad you asked that. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. We touched on this a little bit on Wednesday. But I want to look at it a little closer. Ephesians 6, it says this. And I'm going to unpack this a little bit, but we're going to start with this, and we're going to jump to the, another verse in there. And it says, finally, everybody say Finally. Finally, he's almost done. No, just kidding. Finally, here's what it literally means in the Greek when he's saying finally. He says this, of utmost importance. It doesn't mean, well, in conclusion, in wrapping this thing up. He goes, yeah, we're wrapping this up, but of most importance. This is the one thing, this is the takeaway that I want for you. Be strong in the Lord. Not in your ability, but in his. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. 
Put on the full armor of God so that you can withstand the devil's schemes. And so he starts talking about this full armor, and the very first thing that he tells you to put on is a belt of truth. Because the truth of God's word holds every piece of armor in its place. That belt of truth, it holds the the buckler to the sword of the spirit. That belt of truth, it holds the breastplate of righteousness. And then it says, you know, it gives all the rest of the weapons. It gives us the shield of faith. It gives us our feet, our shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, with the good news of peace. So that means we actually, everywhere we walk, we should be declaring good news of peace. It tells about our helmet of salvation. Now, there's the majority of the weapons that are on here, they're all defensive weapons. And so we think in this Christian life that it should be one of like this. Let's just pop, 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 take all the weapons, uh, uh, quenching all the fiery darts of the wicked one, uh, uh, and it's just pushing us back, pushing us back. No, he gives us two offensive weapons. Sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the God, word of God. And then it says, it says this, and pray with all types of prayer, right? So the sword of the Spirit is an offensive weapon. So we take this word of God and we pray. That's our second offensive weapon. And that word when it says pray with all types of prayer, that word all types of prayer, it was referring to this Roman spear called the pilum. And the pilum was a five-foot spear. They had some longer spears for longer range and shorter range ones because it didn't matter what area you were in, you could launch that spear and stop the enemy further out. Or if you were in close quarters, you could come at him and defeat him with that as well. God's giving us some offensive weapons, but we have to use them. And how do we use them? In the authority of the word. Amen? Because nothing's too powerful for God. Amen? In fact, say that with me. Nothing is bigger or more powerful than God. Nothing. Say nothing. Does that mean finances? You say nothing. Does that mean finances? Does that mean relationships? Does that mean healing? Does that mean sickness? Disease? Mental issues? Addictions? There's nothing bigger or more powerful than God. Remember, what is a stronghold? Something that pretends to be bigger or more powerful than God. So if there's things that are working in our life, it's just pretending because nothing is bigger or more powerful than God, is it? Amen? Nothing is. So that's why he says, finally, of utmost importance, I want you to put on all this armor, and I want you to take some ground. Say, I'm taking ground today. Well, how are we going to take ground? What are we going to do? The very first thing we do is we come to Jesus. Amen? I'm coming to Jesus. Just say that with me. Say, I'm coming to Jesus. See, he doesn't want you to try to do this alone. And this is just what I kept, you know, getting these, these as I was praying different times, I just get these overwhelming thoughts. And I was like, nope, i got to smack that down. But sometimes you try to do that in your own ability. And you know what happens? You come up short every time. You come up lacking every time. You come up wanting every time. But the moment that you go to Jesus and partner with him, suddenly you have an exponential power that there's no way you could do it on your own, but there's some way that he causes you to triumph. Amen? It says that I always triumph 
in Christ Jesus. It's not something that you have to try to do. It doesn't mean sometimes you, you uh, triumph. I mean, six, seven, eight times out of ten you triumph. No, it says always. How? In Christ Jesus. So how do we get set free from these strongholds? We identify them. We take our thought life back. Identify that lie, right? And then we come at it with the word of God. We pray the word of God. Amen? Because this is our year to get everything back that the devil's stolen, right? This is our year. It can be your year, or it could be the year that just passes you by. You think, there's a lot of times that we think, oh, this is my year. This is my year. And then the year passes by, and we went through it again, and did nothing happen. And we went through it again, and did nothing happen. But God's saying, this can be your year to get it all back. Amen? I'm getting my health back. I'm getting my finances back. I'm getting my healing back. I'm getting whatever relationship back. Whatever it is, it's time to get it all back. Say, I'm getting it back. Well, how do we do that? We start speaking the word. Amen? We identify the lie. And we trust God over whatever it looks like. Amen.